Throughout these 40 days of Lent, we have committed ourselves to prayer, the discipline of praying through the season of Lent. The church has provided a prayer guide. Thank you to those who have presented artwork and prayers for this very reason. It comes to you in book form or through email. That can help us make this journey of prayer throughout the season of Lent. So we're 10 days through, 25% of the way through the season of Lent. How's it going? Anyone sneaking Reese cups and Diet Coke at this point? All of us? Yeah, some? Sunday's a feast day. You get the day off from your Lenten discipline, by the way. Well, since we're focusing on 40 days of prayer, I found some additional prayers that might just help us get through the next 30 days. Here's one for your work week. Help me, Lord, to always give 100% at work, 12% on Monday, 23% on Tuesday, 40% on Wednesday, 20% on Thursday, 5% on Friday, right? Or, Lord, grant me patience, because if you grant me strength, you're also going to have to send bail money to help me go with it. Uh, these are two prayers that children actually prayed. Uh, Lord, please make my parents understand that when I don't eat salad, I do better on tests. I don't know if that's true of any, any of our children. And another child said, Dear God, I need you to make my mom not allergic to cats. I really want a cat, and I don't want to ask my mom to move out of the house. <laughs> Isn't that good? Forty days of praying together. Why? Lent is the time of prayer and fasting, of examining our hearts and our lives, our, our hands and our feet to see if we are aligning with the ways of God. Prayer is designed to change us so that we might be agents of change in this world. The disciples uh, offered us a line. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Are we so bold as to pray that line? Lord, teach us how to pray. We have forgotten or we have gotten in the bad habit and we don't pray anymore at all. Or I'll just let somebody else pray for me. But Lent is about getting serious with God and with ourselves and with our church. And so we pray together. We take those steps and the, those steps of focusing outwardly and being agents of change are steps on the journey toward the cross where there is no room for anything other than sacrifice self-sacrifice, self-abandonment. So when you pray, Lord, teach us how to pray. And when you pray this Lord's Prayer, just beware, because God might begin opening our eyes and our ears and freeing up our calendars and opening up our wallets so that we can become agents of change in this world. Today, the second line of the prayer Jesus lent us it might just be conveying the central message of Jesus' entire life, that God's kingdom would come here to earth as it is in heaven. This, this movement from heaven to earth is what the Gospels are all about. It's what the life of Jesus is all about. It's why Jesus healed so many people, because those are the ways of God to people. It's the whole purpose of the cross. Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's the ways of heaven coming to God, coming to earth. This movement so that we could see that we are rescued from sin and death. God's kingdom come. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven is why we are here as Christ's body, the church. On earth as it is in heaven, that is our mission. 
There's a few steps we can take on this day to understand this line a little more intimately. First, we have to make the shift from my kingdom to thy kingdom. From my will to thy will. And making that shift from my to thy, no matter what age you are, it will make all the difference in your life. It will change your life. You might not like it, but it will change your life. Because that is the way of making ourselves available to God. Our, our children, you know, when they're young, one of the very first lessons that we teach them is a lesson about sharing, right? Yeah, it's a hard lesson because they say, it's what? Mine. Yeah, it's not thine, it's mine. Kids don't say thine, but they do say it's mine. What's in our marriage, um, I've learned a very simple rule with my wife, Susan. What's mine is hers, and what's hers is hers. That's just how it works. <laughs> happy wife, happy life, right now. The second line of, of this Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's something that it's not unique to, to Scripture, really. We see our will done in the Garden of Eden. We just have to have that bite, don't we, in that garden. In a few weeks, during Holy Week, we're going to gather right here on, on Good Friday, and we're going to hear Jesus say, Not my will, Lord, but yours. Take this what from me? Let this cup, take this cup from me. He's going to agonize over this wrestling match between his will, not, not his will, but your will, Lord. And we'll see God's will realized in another garden, in totality, in the garden that we read about in the book of Revelation. We have to make a shift from my will to thy will, from the kingdoms that I want to create to the kingdom that you are trying to create through me here on this, this earth. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we're not asking God to do something that's not already happening, so to speak, but that God would change my heart, our heart, to use the plural, to say thy kingdom come, thy will be done, it's a request change things because things are not as they are supposed to be right now not in my heart not in my mind not with my hands not with my feet not with the way that I order my life not with the way that things are happening in this world and so the second line of the Lord's Prayer it's a concession right not my will but yours it's a confession I'm sorry for the times that that I've made it about my will and not thy will change me God change me God Second thing is there, there's two dimensions to this kingdom business. It's called the already and the not yet. C.H. Dodd said that. It's the, the kingdom of God is already and not yet. The latter means that this world is not like it should be. There's coming a day, friends, when things will be right and whole and peaceful. There's a dimension of heaven, which is God's will, where there's no suffering or injustice or pain or, or loneliness. We are marching to Zion, the beautiful city of God, but we're not quite there yet. Yesterday at a graveside for one of our church members who died several weeks ago, Charlie McDonald, I read this passage, and I just love this, reading this passage at, at funerals. It's from Revelation. It says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride for her husband. And I heard a loud voice saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples. He will be their God, 
and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. Don't you love that? There's a day coming when God will wipe away every tear from from our eyes where death will be no more, where mourning and crying and pain will be no more for the first things will have passed away and Jesus will say, see, I'm making all things new. But that reality, friends, is it's not only about the afterlife. There's an already dimension, an already and the not yet. There's an already dimension to the kingdom of heaven. Heaven actually breaks into this world when we are so daring enough to present ourselves, to make ourselves available, to do acts of justice and to love our enemies and to sit with lonely people and to give sacrificially and to forgive our neighbors, our friends, our loved ones, and even our enemies. That's what the world is supposed to be like. For example, there's coming a day when there will be no more war, when swords will be turned to plowshares and spears will be turned into pruning hooks. But for now, we have tyrants who are trying to create their own, their own kingdoms of power and impose those on the will of people who are innocent at the expense of people who are innocent. And we tend to think that those kinds of kingdoms and those type of power plays happen somewhere on the other side of the world, but they don't. They happen every day in our own lives. We create our own kingdoms of power and we try to impose them on others. Those kingdoms, none of those will last. But what will last are the signs of God's kingdom breaking in amid all of that chaos. Relief efforts at communion rails, just like ours, which will go directly to buy supplies. I, I've learned that since, since we met last week that the communion rail offering that we're gathering throughout the season of Lent here is going to local churches in Poland and Slovakia, for example. And in those local churches, they'll begin to buy water and supplies and food for now over two million refugees. And I can't help but think that some family, some child, some mother, some grandmother or grandfather who's been ripped apart from his or her family are going to say, my God, somebody still cares. And through a little bit of water and some supplies, and maybe a warm blanket, somebody will know the kingdom of God is coming into this world because there was a church in Montgomery, Alabama who cared enough to make a difference. I've thought a lot about homelessness this week, especially with cold weather, and how it's a sign of this, this world's brokenness. The world is not whole and fixed like it's supposed to be yet. And so I prayed a lot for some of our community partners like Friendship and Salvation Army and even Habitat who are creating structures to get folks out of the weather. And I, I hope that in those moments they say, my goodness, somebody cares about us. The kingdom of God is great. We, we're not forgotten. God has not forgotten us. I thought a lot about Mary Ellen's hearth. You know it, some of you know it as Nellie Burge, but Mar Mary Ellen's hearth and how over the course of a hundred years the church has been an agent of God's kingdom by, by saying violence and and cycles of poverty and abuse. That's not how the world is supposed to be. That happens when we say, my will and, thy, and, and my kingdom come. But there's a different story. There's a different narrative. When the church steps in and said, God, your will be done. Use us to help those who cannot help themselves right now. I think the kingdom of God breaks in when children are willing to sing songs like Love the Lord with all my heart. You heard that a minute ago? What they didn't say is, Lord, I'm going to love you with part of my heart. Just a little corner of it. No, with my whole heart. What does the kingdom of heaven look like to you, the kingdom of God? I hope it looks like laughter. 
and second chances, a place where people don't harm one another, a place where we can be ourselves, a place where there's no anger, only peace, only peace, no wars. No more wars within families, no more wars among friends, no more wars in denominations, no more wars within our minds or within our schools, no more wars with politics, no more wars about who's right, who's wrong, who's in, who's out, therefore that's my enemy. No more wars over food or oil or land or, or capitals or just peace. We're not quite there yet. But every time we practice peace, we become agents of God's kingdom breaking into this world. And when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we must be ready and willing to make things right that are not right. Because the kingdom of God did come to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And God's kingdom still comes into this world through the body of Christ, the church, when we roll up our sleeves and say, I can do something about that. Because Christ cares about that. So how are you so ordering your lives that the kingdom of God breaks into this world through you? And from last week, what do people know about God based on the way you, they see you living your life? The parable of the sower, we just read it, it's a kingdom parable. It tells how the people of God will respond to the kingdom of God when it comes into this world. It talks about the human heart and its re receptivity to the ways of God because at some point in life, maybe on a daily basis, we have hearts that are like soul. At times, kingdom seeds fall into our lives and grow and produce a lot of fruit. Sometimes those seeds are choked out because there's too much clutter and God's kingdom can't thrive in our lives. Sometimes, unfortunately, we have obstinate hearts and we don't allow God's seeds of grace to grow. It's interesting, just prior to this, this reading in Matthew's gospel, we see a lack of faith by the disciples. The, the winds and the waves come and they lose their focus and they just cannot receive what, what Christ is trying to tell them. Peace be still. They just, they miss it. On another occasion, the Pharisees are trying to choke out. They're trying to constrict the spirit of the law through the upholding the letter of the law. Even in Jesus' own hometown, friends and family have paved hard and callous roads by totally rejecting Jesus' message. He didn't only preach this parable. Jesus lived it. This parable of the sower, this kingdom parable, it's a perfect one for Lent because when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we must prepare ourselves to receive the, key, the key, uh, seeds of the kingdom because God just sort of lavishly walks around. The good news is a sower went out to sow, and the sower just throws seeds everywhere, not only on the good soil, the perfect soil that has it all together, but it also falls on the soil that doesn't have it all together. It's hard, it's callous, it's been beat up, it's been scorched, it's been choked out, it's, it's soil that just can't seem to figure it out because God's will is just that some small seed would, would land where it needs to in our lives. And those seeds, they can't determine where they go, but we can determine how we receive them. So God just keeps casting. We keep praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And God keeps casting seeds of grace and justice and mercy, hoping they will take root in our lives. When we pray this line, the Lord's Prayer, we're saying there's no other will that I choose but your will. There's no other world that I want to be 
a part of, no other Lord, no, no other kingdom I want to serve but, but you and yours. It changes everything about how we view God and others and ourselves. We have such a prayer. It's in, it's in your hymnal. You can find it online. It's our Wesleyan prayer given to us by John Wesley in 1755. It's my understanding that the first time he shared it, he did so with about 1,800 people at a church in London. That prayer says, I am no longer my own but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee, exalted or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. And so, Methodist way of saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. What are we doing to solve the challenges in our community? We look around and we see them all the time. It hallows God's name when we, when we step up and we step forward and we try to make a difference. It also blesses God and blesses our community when we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now use me on this earth as you would have it be as it is in heaven. We're the flagship church, the Alabama West Florida Conference. What if we all committed to praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think we could move the needle. I think we could move the needle a lot. And when people look back, they'll say, FUMC made this world in that moment look like the kingdom of God. With the confidence of heaven, would you join me in praying the prayer our Lord taught us to pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.